Welcome back, Roasties, to the Roasted Podcast. Absolutely buzzing. It is grand final week, the week of weeks this week. Um, it'll be the biggest one for a long time to be remembered. The two biggest clubs out in Sydney, out in Western Sydney, going toe-to-toe for the very first time in a grand final. The Penny Panthers up against the Parramatta Eels. It will be an absolute blockbuster. And joining me today is one of Paris' finest and favourite sons, a career with a blue and gold that spanned uh, 11 years and 233 games. The great Tim Manor. How are you, legend? Yeah, good, mate. Good to be here. Um, thanks for the intro, but I'm also a big fan of yours as well. I've, I've, uh, I've followed your stuff closely over the years, and it's, uh, it's incredible content, so I'm, I'm glad to be here. Thanks, mate. No, I really appreciate the kind words. Um, always good, you know, getting a bit of bit of feedback from the, from the people, and especially, uh, you know, someone that's been in the game as well. So, mate, That's what I like, mate. I like how quick you come up with the stuff. The, you know, the, the games were just finished, and... Before fans even in their car, you've got these memes and you've got these storylines. Oh, it's, it's outstanding how quick you come up with it, but it's a, it's good value. Mate, uh, I'm quick in uh, in other areas, which uh, <laughs> unfortunately doesn't um, doesn't help my love life. But uh, no, that's good. You know, like that's the thing. You got to be quick these days because there's so many people doing the same sort of thing. So yeah, if you're not, I was uh, convinced as a team of you guys. I was convinced as a bunch of years. So everyone says that. I'm like, no, just yeah. just one guy out, out in the shed yeah. in the backyard, but. That's good yeah. fun. It's good fun having a laugh, and and that's the thing. A lot of people engage it. A lot of players engage it. I know you do. You jump on there and you engage with, it and and a lot of the players do as well, and and mix yeah. it in with the fans as well. So it's good to good to have a yeah. bit of fun, mate. But really appreciate you taking your time out and uh, and joining us today. Got a, I know it's a huge week for you with the um uh, the Eels in the grand final. Extra extra mm-hmm. busy for you. Um, we, we will get on to the to the Eels this year in the grand final. But yourself, Timmy, like. Doing some great work with with Fox and and Sen as well. How's footy footy retirement? Because you, you're still fairly young. But uh, what else have you been up to? Yeah, mate. It's, um, I've been I'm probably one of the lucky ones. The transition's been pretty smooth post football. I uh, when I retired, I worked at the club looking after our sponsors, and it was kind of a job I'd, I'd worked towards my whole career. I did a business degree, did a financial planning diploma, a real estate license, and kind of. The last three years of my career, I was working a day of the week with the, the partnerships team looking after our sponsors. And I thought I'd be there for the next 30 years. I was kind of, I figured I'd be in sport. And then um, one of my clients, uh, when I was at Parramatta, one of the Parramatta sponsors was a client of mine. And I pitched him an opportunity on the jersey. We got to know each other. Um, and then after he signed on the jersey, the next day he said, I'd love you to come with me and start something with me. And um, I haven't looked back since. I've been doing that. That's, that's in finance. That's my, I guess, my, my main gig. And then the media stuff's all been a bit of a, a bit of bonus. It's, it's really good to do the media stuff. I get to stay connected with the sport. Um, get to watch. It's just you know we get to watch the games with our mates and, and just comment on it, which is pretty much what commentating is. Um, so you feel connected in it, but it's also really nice to kind of spread your wings and, and grow a career outside of that as well. Um, and I'm still an ambassador for the Eagles, which I love as well. That connection with the club is something that I really cherish, and you know the club's a, you know, a big part of my life. And I'm really really excited about this week because uh, you know it's. It's finally time to get the monkey off the back. How good is it having a job where you just get to watch footy every day? Like people ask <laughs> so, me that, like working in content. Yeah, that's my job. You know, you get to sit there and watch eight games of footy every week. It's brilliant. How do, how do you go about like? How does the missus, what does the missus say? Does she say you're a joke? Yeah, no. Like it's funny because uh, she understands it now. When at, at the mm-hmm. very beginning, she she didn't. Um, it yeah. takes a bit of convincing, but when um, you know, obviously, you're making a living from it, so. Um, she, she's happy, but uh, yeah, spending every weekend in the shed, locked up, and, and watching footy is, is a little bit hard. But it's also fun, like 
you know, tomorrow night with the Dallium. Sorry, love, I've, I, I can't uh, can't cook dinner and look after the kids tonight. I've got to go watch the Dalliums <laughs> for work. So yeah, you get nice. to get out of a get out of a few um, daily chores as well, which is good. But yeah, well, um, but, yeah, I, 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 I do enjoy the media side of things. Um, it's just like I said, it's nice to be able to watch the game without the the emotional attachment of being a yeah. player um, and commenting on it when you're playing and you do media. You always get your walls up. You don't want to say anything that's going to fire up the opposition. You don't want to say anything that your coach might not like. Um, so you always kind of, and that's why we get so many of the bland answers of yeah. players that are kind of just towing the line. And then once you retire, um, and you know some players do it when while they're still playing. But um, I found when I retired, I was I spoke so much more freely of what I really thought and how you know what I saw in the game, and um, it's a lot easier when you're not playing. Do you love it when players like you look at Latrell the last last few weeks and probably the last few months actually? He's sort of Changed, changed his style a bit. He's a bit more open and a bit more outspoken, and sort of doesn't really care what anyone says about him now. And and uh, there's players like that. They're starting to come out. They're coming out of their shell. They're not just the bland, um, yeah. you know, single answers. It's more of an influence from the US. But you love seeing that. Well, I, I think the whole generation of kids coming through are like that. You know, yeah. I look at Pat Matter and the you have the Dylan Browns and those characters that are you know they're so special because they. They say what's on their mind, that they are who they are, and they don't worry about putting their walls up too much. Um, yep. And I find that really refreshing. I, I love it. I was part of a generation that kind of was influenced by the, you know, the Hindies, the Kalos, the Luke Burts. And, you yep. know, they were influenced by the Dean Pays, Jared McCrackens, and all those guys. And it was always, you know, like kind of don't layer up, yep. stay in your lane. But I actually love that the, the new generation are confident and just go out there and just are who they are. A lot of them like back it up too, you know. They come out and say something, and they just back it up on the field. So, um, hopefully, yeah. we'll see more. Of this. Was a bit of a pioneer in that sense. Like Jared Hayne was kind of a, before his time in that in that regard. Like a lot when he was Larry and and vocal and just not afraid to be who he was. There was a lot of uh, there wasn't many people doing that. Uh, yeah, whereas now, yeah. like you know, a lot of people are doing that. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, um, I think it's I think it's great to see, like um, you know, getting a bit of character and. We don't want to lose that in the game. Like we've had them in the past, and and it's it's good to see sort of they're coming back and, and different. I think a lot of people look at it and go, oh, it's Americanized. They they just copy and stuff, but you know that's what we're brought up on. That's that's what they're influenced by. So bring it out, and it helps bring out their own character. Yeah, America seems to be doing all right as well in sport, though. So if, Mate, if you copy a bit of it, I'm sure Mate, it's okay. Even the like the lowest paid players are getting paid, you know, the salary cap of our, our squad. So. Mate, it's um it's a part of and you know there's it's a whole bigger topic to have about the you know the, the branding of players and what that value is and you know whether you can monetize your IP, all that stuff is like another topic, but um America do it really well and, and as a result of that you get better player behavior, you get better um you know community involvement, all because the players are trying to build their brand because they can monetize that. Yep. Whereas in, in Australia at the moment, it's really hard to build your brand and, and do anything with it. So people don't really bother. And that's why I think if you could, there'd be a lot more people thinking twice about, uh, you know, getting in trouble on the weekend or um, a lot more people wanting to do more stuff with charities because they, they're looking at how can I build my brand? Yeah, hundred percent. A lot of people aren't, a lot of players aren't looking to, you know, at the end of when they're 20, 21, they're not looking when they're 33, 34, leaving the game, yeah. what, what can be built to that. They're just looking now going, Oh, I can get heaps of money now. That's fine. But yeah. imagine if they go, oh, you know, in ten years' time, you're going to have the X deal, Y deal, and if you stuff up on the off season, like off season or weekend, there goes that. And yeah, correct. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. But I have to, uh, I have to bring up one thing. Uh, the the doco just won a story of hope. Um, 
Docker on Ko for anyone that hasn't hasn't seen it, go ahead and jump on it and and give it a look because it's it's a brilliant doco. Uh, it shows behind the scenes of uh, yourself, Tim, and and with Christian Welsh and and Ryan Pappenhausen traveling to Uganda to help uh, underprivileged kids. Tell us how special that trip was for you. Mate, it was really cool. It, it kind of all started about um, when we first did the Johnny Manor Cup. That game would raise money um, for funds, and we started the Manor Foundation, which was pretty much a vehicle where we'd collect the funds and then pass it on to a local charity. And the local charity that my wife and I chose to support was called Compassion Australia. They were doing a project in Uganda, and we funded that. So we built a skill development center in Uganda, and we just thought we just we just wanted to support them. If that's what you're doing, let us do it for you. So we did that, and um, they said, "Hey, we'd love you to come see what you've done, like the and what the, the changes to making people's lives." And I said, well, I'm happy to come, but if I come, why don't we bring a couple of footy boys over and, and film it and, and tell that story so that other people can get involved and see what you guys are doing as well. Um, so I did, I, to be honest, I tried to do it with the Para boys, um, but uh, it was like herding sheep, mate, trying to get them to get their visas ready and their paperwork yeah. in. I won't mention any names, Brad Takarangi, but it was hard, it was hard work. Um, but the the media crew that was coming, they said, hey, we know a couple of Melbourne boys, do you want us to ask? I said, yeah, go for it. And they within... 24 hours, Christian and uh, Pappenhausen had their, their all their paperwork submitted. They've gone and got their ne- like their shots, their needles done by the doctor and they were ready to go. I'm like, these two, you know, I couldn't have asked for two better guys to come. And at the time, 2019, they were like um, still kind of breaking through in, the, in their careers. Um, yeah. Christian just came back of a frustrating injury. Pappenhausen debuted that year and had a bit of a breakout year as well. Um, and then it was really cool because we filmed it in the in, end of 19. And then 20 COVID hit and, um, you know, to see the stock, the documentary came out and then that year I just followed the boys' careers closely and you know, Christian went on to be probably the best forward in that State of Origin comp, that series that year. Uh, Pappenhausen uh, won the Clive Churchill medal. They both won the, the grand final. So it was really cool to see their story. Um, the next 12 months was really, really great to see. That, it was a brilliant doco. And um, unfortunately, you know, you probably would have, you would have done it more if, if COVID hadn't hit. Is that, um, you know, you're looking to do another one, maybe not Uganda, but um, another another trip like that soon. Yeah, we're looking at even um, like so trips in in, in Australia in the outback in Australia. So I've been um, working closely with the compassion guys as well. They they're definitely keen to do another trip. The overseas ones have slowed down a lot more due to COVID. Um, so we're looking at other options. But yeah, it's definitely something we want to continue doing and, and get some guys involved just to. I did it after we made the grand final in 2009. The week after that, we went to uh, Rwanda for a trip. Um, and there was a documentary on that one as well. I went away with some of the power players. And it was such a good eye-opener because you, you play football and you're so caught up in this bubble of thinking this is the whole world in this bubble. Yeah. And you kind of get taken out of that and put somewhere in like Rwanda and you go, okay, well, maybe maybe the NRL isn't the do-all and all of, of my life. Um, there's a bit more outside of that. Yeah. Now, like I said, um, it's on it's on KO. Check it out. It's a great doco, and it's um, brilliant to see uh, current former players, you know, getting together, doing um, the, these little things. You know, off the, the, they're big things, but like you know, little for for us, like you said, big massive yeah. for them. And um, yeah, can't wait to see the next one. Um, well, I was doing some research on you, and uh, it, it feels like you've been gone from the game for a while. But you only playing like 2019. That's when you retired. You're only 34 years old now. Um, what chances have we got seeing you at uh, the World Cup for Lebanon? <laughs> you gonna pull, you're going to pull the boots back on? Oh, Robbie Farah tried to twist my arm a number of times this year and as the recent as only last month. But, mate, I, um, 
I really enjoy re- retirement. I, 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 it was funny, as soon as I retired, something clicked in my brain where the idea of contact was terrible. Like I used yeah. to watch the boys train and think, how did I do that? Like I, I did. I, I used to do contact. You do it without even thinking. When you're playing, you rock up on a Tuesday. I've got contact today. Yeah, right. You bash each other. Like, yeah. like you're running into a brick wall. You, you get through that, and then you get to the game day. Game day, you, you finish. You feel like you've been in a car accident the next two days. You recover from that Tuesday. You've got contact again. All right, here we go. And you don't even think about it. Yeah, just comes um, on. Yeah. And then when I retired, it's like something clicked in my head. I'm like, I don't want to ever have to tackle Nelson again. <laughs> Like some of that, I just don't want to do. Like, why, why would I? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I won't be playing for everyone in the World Cup, but I am. I am cheering them on and hoping they have a great uh, campaign. Yeah, it's going to be good. Uh, kicks off. Uh, what two weeks or yeah, two weeks from from this weekend. So it should be good. Um, I hope to see the yeah the Cedars um, do well. Uh, they had a trial match I think against Italy last last weekend. Yeah, yeah. I think um, saw some footage of that, which was which was good. Getting closer and closer. Um, now we're going to touch on your career. I like to uh, like to get players on when when we've got the grand final. That um, from the, the teams that when they're last in the grand final, and obviously you know Penrith was last year, but um, before last year I had I had Scotty Satler, so it's great to have you here. The last time they were in was was two thousand nine, uh, which also you guys been... know that Scott Satler made a game saving tackle. Did he mention that? Uh, he, no, I actually brought it up. I I found some footage of. I'd never seen okay. it before, but yeah, not um, many, not many people know. So I'll, yeah. I'll, yeah, I think it's it's important that people know that because Sattler doesn't like talking about it. But um, I'm glad I'm glad it came up. How often does he bring it up? <laughs> uh, we're gonna we're gonna add it on the SEN like the commercial. Oh, the real thing, time. yeah. And literally just him talking about that tackle. Like, oh, here we go again. But it's um, mate, you have to admit it was one of the one of the best plays in the grand final. So I know, I've been it was. Two in. And it was funny, um, like you know. Every every year they start bringing up highlights. It makes every highlight real for every grand final. Yeah, yeah. So, so it should, but like it's, yeah. they're those moments. And I've got no doubt this week as well is going to have have to come down to a moment like that. There's going to be a key pivotal moment that's going to change the game. Who do you? Uh, we're going to get onto it shortly, but I'll take a quick since you're talking about it. Who's yeah. who do you think will make a who do you make make the biggest play from the weekend from the game? Um. I think I think Mitchell and, and Dylan will step up. Like they're, they're the two that, you know, if Power are going to win this game, which, you know, I think they will, they're the two that are going to lead the way for them. Yep. Um, but the asking about the big play, I, mate, I would have got feeling uh, Laney is going to be the guy. I reckon he's going to come up with something. He's just been in such good form every every week. It's not like he's just had a good game and had three bad games and a good game. Yep. He's been consistently getting better. I thought he was the difference last week. He, you know, he's ruled down by eight. Energy was low. They were tired. It was hot. You know, they had every reason to throw the towel in, but he just come up with a few plays that sparked them with energy. Then they, off the back of that, you know, we, we, we came home. Um, so I just got a feeling he could be the guy that, that comes up with a big play. It could be a try or an offload or something that sets up you know, the, the momentum shift. Also, like when they've come off a big game, like he did um, the weekend just gone, you know, the commentators are talking about him, a lot more focus on him. So even a, I'm not going to say like a small play that means nothing, but a smaller play probably turns into a bigger play when yeah. you've got the commentary behind it. Um, I actually yeah. mentioned to um, uh, Clinton Newton, he, he engaged with the page and, and we're doing some stuff with the RLPA and things like that. And I said, we have we have a regular season Dally M, Rugby League Players Association Player of the Year. We also have a Clive Churchill and Player of the Year. Um, but I think we actually need like a finals MVP. Um, yeah, because yeah, it, like it is a new comp when when they when they start, you know, everyone talks about it. it is a 
brand new comp. You've got the the bottom uh, the four bottom four of the top eight and the and the top four, and then they merge. and And I think there's so many storylines that come from that. There's players like you look at uh, Dylan Edwards last year when he came back from um, missing week one and how pivotal he was in uh, the second week in the prelim of making the grand final. So I think there's like Jason Tamalolo 2015, JT 15. Um, yeah. You know, things like that. Players where they actually have a huge influence in making the grand final, but then someone else will not steal the spotlight, but have a bigger game and they'll get the Clive Churchill and everyone talks about them. I think there's an area yeah. for a medal or an award for uh, like a finals MVP, stealing that from the Americans as well. But um, I, I think there's it. just the area. I like it. I like it. It's it's um it says a lot about the player too, like the character of a player, because they're the games that you want players to step up in. I don't I don't mind if a player's quiet all year, but if they can get to the finals and step up and win you a comp, you know, I'd rather play that that player any day because you want oh, something yeah. to deliver when there's a lot on the line. And um, you know, and like I said, Laney's been that for Barrett at the moment, he's been that that guy that just stood up. Um, you know, so too the, I thought the two front rolls have been enormous the last couple of weeks. The whole forward pack has been massive. Yeah. 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 We are gonna, yeah, so we are going to get onto that. I, I want to I switch back to you You back in uh, in 2009. Um, yeah. you, you, you like talking about yourself? You like talking about your career? Like, you've Not really? Oh. No, it depends. Some people might, my missus might say I love talking about myself. <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't like, because to be honest, it's, it's kind of, you look back at, you know, 2009 and what could have been rather than, yeah. and that's why, you know, my advice or my you know, hope for these boys is just don't have any not regrets, but like what could have been moments. Um, you know, I look back at that Melbourne game. There was a couple of moments where you know, if we went the other way, we could have had a premiership. Yeah. Uh, so, um, not that I don't like talking about it. I just it would be a lot easier to talk about if you know we probably had that ring on our finger. Yeah. Um, and you know, I think any Parramatta fan would tell you that it's been a, like that. That. It's the first thing that comes up, you know, the fact that we haven't won for 36 years and, you know, every player knows about it, fans know about it. So it'll be just so refreshing and nice just to get that out of the way, win the comp, and then just focus on being consistently good footy team without worrying about breaking a, a hoodoo or a curse or a drought. Yep. Now, you, will you uh, debut in 2009 and end up making a grand final? You think, you know, this is how special that was, you know, in your first year to make a grand final, but thinking like, you know, how easy is this? You know, you're going to make grand finals for the rest of your life? Yeah. Um, well, I debuted round one and I remember I was, so I was on matches. So I was getting um, match payments for every game I played. And uh, I debuted round one and then we came eight. So we had to play like four finals games. I played every game that season. So I played 28 games. I actually, I, had that as a, I actually had that as a trivia. I was like, oh, I didn't yeah. know if you knew that, but um, you were one of the only, uh, one of the five players. All oh, really? Parramatta players that played 28 games that year, which is the most games by anyone in the NRL for that season. All oh, right, okay, yeah, I didn't know that, but um, I know that the matches stopped in the year after the Cubs. Like, okay, no more matches. <laughs> but I enjoyed it. it. Was um, it was it was a great ride. I, I had so much fun that year, and you yeah, know, it's just it was one of those years. I think we're coming like second last halfway through the year. So for us to make the, the, the finals, we had to kind of every week was a final for us. You know, if we lost one week, yeah. we're out. Um, so we just kind of went on this ride where you know. Every week we've got more and more confident, more and more belief. And um, I'm hoping that that's what the Parrot Boys have after the last two weeks. You know, two good wins. Um, you know, a belter against Canberra, a tight, gritty comeback against Cowboys. It sets himself up for you know, a lot of belief and confidence coming into this game. When uh, you, you talked about the run that you went on, like the end of 2009, it was round 18, you're in 14th spot. You're only five points out of the eight, but you're still only like three points from Wooden Spoon as well. So 
was there always a sense of, you know, we can still make the finals even that late in the season? Uh, well, Daniel Anson, I, I, he's a genius of a coach, but to his credit, he kind of changed our style of play. So whatever it was we are doing in the first half, he wasn't working. And he, we kind of shifted that to playing a bit more free-flowing, a lot more offloads, a um, bit less structure. And then on the back of that, we, we create a lot of opportunities. But, um, yeah, he was a really good coach. And the, the, the best thing he did was keep the... Keep the um, the belief there, like even when we weren't going great and we'll, you know, we'll dropping balls and losing games that we should have won. Then all of a sudden, once we started winning, it just he just he knew how to harness that feeling and could recreate that every week. Um, and it was funny, the only game that he didn't do that was the last round of the season. So we got to the last round, we for like two or three months, every week was a do or die. If we lose we're out, we lose we're out. The last round was the first time that we'll guarantee the spot in the finals, whether we won or lost. And he figured out that we we're going to play first place Dragons the next week, whether we won or lost it as well. Yep. Um, so that, that last round of the season is it was, it was the weirdest. He didn't talk to us. We didn't do video. We didn't have a pre-game talk. There was no game plan. It was just such a weird feeling. We got there, we got flogged, and we came back in the sheds after the game. And, and Ando goes, "Right, that's that's on me. Next week, we're going to prepare to play." Was like, so part of his plan was not trying to ride that first week, and then the next week we came and pulled the Dragons' pants down and. Uh, yeah, that's for me. That was a, was a genius coaching move because it would have been a big task to beat them twice in two weeks. And you know, we saw Seattle and Rabbitohs the same thing. You know, it's a big task to beat a good team twice in two weeks. And yep. Rabbitohs won the last round. Uh, Ray, Roosters and then Rabbitohs won the first week of finals. And you know, I know a bit. Of, I'm a bit of the optimist, but I think Penrith are going to struggle to beat Parramatta twice in three weeks. It's a big ask to to have to beat a good team twice in, in that short amount of time. I'm a um... I'm a Dragons fan, so that uh, watching that game, we I think we beat you like 30, 30 something yeah. nil, yeah. and I was like, oh, we've got these guys next week, it's easy, yeah. and then we'll travel home from a game in in Dubbo, which is an hour away from home. We stopped in the pub, but like before we left, um, I think it was it was close. I think you you guys might have been in front of half time, and then we got to this pub, which was near full time, was like twenty five twelve. I'm like, oh, we're gone here, yeah. like, but um, so. I, I always thought I thought thought it would have been a plan by Daniel Anson, knowing that you couldn't move up, you couldn't move, maybe not throw all your cards out, not show you, your full hand um, that week before, knowing that you're going to have to face the Dragons the following week. But it wasn't that, or do you think it was? Do you think it was a bit of a ploy that you guys just didn't pick up on that he just sort of wanted to not do much and, and hold it close to your chest? Oh well, I was a kid, so maybe the senior players knew what he was up to, and then you were yeah. part of his. I, I, I just remember thinking, this is weird. Like we're not doing, you know, he's not even talking to us, you know, before the game, and there's no game plan. There's no. Um, I remember he pulled Heine out. Heine had a bit of a niggle, pulled him out of the game as well. Um, so I was just, you know, and looking back now, it was just so smart because he knew that he had one good game to beat them, yep. and he just saved it for when he made it. And I thought, yeah, that's that's a good coach, mate. The uh, jump forward just to the the prelim final that year. Um, I think uh, from memory, you beat about eight tacklers, chipped and regathered, and, and ran, <laughs> ran about sixty meters to score a, a try. Does that sound about right? But, mate, it's spot on. It's, yeah, it's, is it's it? like yeah. recreating it exactly how I saw it. Um, yeah, that was a that was my first try, and I didn't get many in my career, so they, I remember it pretty vividly. And the way you explained it is exactly how I remember it. Mate, you honoured the uh, the front rowers union um, very well, in only scoring six tries in your whole career, so <laughs> kept it to a minimum. But um, but it would have been good first year to get off that nudie run that late. Yeah, well, as a youngster, I would score tries because um, I, I think you have the size advantage. You know, there was one year 
I was under 13. I scored 72 tries. So that was like a... Oh, I, was, I was that I was that fat big kid that yeah. parents would have hated that you know, I had a goatee at 13 like so the other, the other you, know, you, you you played the parents and they, they all used to call for uh weight restrictions on, on I was that yeah, yeah. So I was yeah. the one that would have that would have encouraged parents to uh want to change the rules but my point is I'd score twice when I was younger so you know to go a season without try was was not very common so I was getting towards the end of the season there's only one game after that one so the score when I did it was a bit of a relief um that said, though, I became a bit of a nudie one veteran uh, expert, <laughs> yeah. and I did plenty of that in my career as well. Mate, you need to um, pass on some info to uh, Alex Twal. He's uh, over a century now, no no tries. He needs to he needs to pull his finger out and get one. Mate, he, um, I'm I'm scared for him because I feel like the more energy we put on it, <laughs> the harder it's getting for him because he's he's a, he's a thinker at the best of times. He's he's a big thinker. Um, so I think it's definitely on his mind. You just, uh, I hate the cracks this year. There's only, there's a few times really close this year. Well, they they, um, made, they had a play for him. I think it was second last or last, well, before he got injured. Because um, he went out, unfortunately, he ended with a with a head knock. But one of those games before that, he uh, they, they chipped inside. And that, you could see his face. He's fallen over and it's bounced up. And you could see his face just like, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And someone else has grabbed it. And you, I put it in slow motion because it was like heartbreaking. I'm like, Old mate end up being offside and he didn't get the try anyway. But I was like, oh, if he's stolen this off off Twali, it's it's going to be hell to pay for everyone. Oh, mate, he um, I, I love the Twali. I love him very much. Um, I, I love the idea of, of flooding the field when he does score the try. I'm, yes. I'm all for it. Yep. I'm all for it. To, I, think I think we need to get like just forget the uh, fines. Just let everyone run the field, swim the field, I'm, celebrate. I'm in. I'm in. Um, I remember there was one game we played Cowboys and like I said, I didn't score many tries and. Normie was so his his first receiver there's an inside like decoy and an outside decoy. I'm pushing outside him about to run off him. He catches the ball, goes to dummies to me and he gets to go straight through the line. And we're now set he's only about eight meters from the trial line now. The fullback comes to him. All he has to do is pass to me and I'll fall over the trial line. He dummies and gets tackled. Oh and I I I have not lived the I I've just to this day I'm I'm filthy at him. I'm so <laughs> no Christmas cards for Normie. Um, what about uh, grand grand final week? Um, t- tell us about the week leading up to to the grand final. Um, first, about the era in 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 Para, massive support from the fans there. What's what's it like that week around around Parramatta? I, it, it was it was a really special week. It's a little bit of a blur because there's like so much happening, and um, you know, obviously there's emotions, and you're so excited and. Um, I don't know if it's a blur because I didn't take it all in or whether because we lost the game and now kind of try not to think about it too much. But um, it was, it's, a, it's a pretty awesome week. I was, the feeling after the game against the Bulldogs, the prelim, it's just that euphoria of we're going to the grand final. Parramatta got right behind it. Everywhere you, you drove past is you know, blue and gold streamers and cars beeping and cars covered in blue and gold. Um, so it was a really, really cool week. Parramatta fans, mate, they're, they're the best fans in the competition. They, there's a large number of them. Like, if you, you'd be surprised if we go play at Brisbane and Gold Coast and the turnout in Queensland is huge. And out in country in Jeff Wales, Parramatta fans everywhere. Um, and when you start winning, mate, they're, they're, they're a big base. So I'm, I'm really, really confident that this weekend's game is going to probably be 75% blue and gold. Um, so it'll be, it'll be it'll like a home game. So, yeah, to answer your question, the, week is, the week's amazing, the week's special. Um, 
it's a lot. So again, Ando's advice was, and Ando had been to a grand final of the Warriors. He'd won three comps over there in England. So he'd been to a few big games. And his advice was just enjoy it, take it all in. Yep. Um, you know, don't get too serious. Don't overplay the game too early. Um, and, and he's spot on because if you try to do that before a big game, it, it can fatigue you and, and drain you. Um, and that's my only worry about Panthers this week because um, they're just so, mate, this is their third grand final. Um, and I watched, I was on the sideline doing the commentary, the radio stuff on the weekend. And Uppy goes to jump onto um, kick out after the, the siren to celebrate. Yeah, I saw that, yeah. And- yeah, yeah, pushes them away. And I'm like, oh, that's a bit odd. And then I was I was interviewing the players after the game, and mate, they weren't even smiling. Yep, it was just so like not a big deal. Like you know, we're getting ready for the, we haven't achieved anything yet. We're getting ready for next week. So you know that that's that part scares me about the Panthers of how experienced they are with these big games. Um, but that said, I, you know, Para can harness that feeling and that euphoria and that excitement well. Uh, you know, it can come really good for us on the weekend. I think like um, I. I posed this question myself and I thought about doing a bit of content for it. I was like, nah, because I don't think it's strong enough. But I'll ask you, what's more, is, it, is there more pressure on para for the 36 years since they haven't won and they've been in two grand finals and haven't made it? Or is there more pressure on the Penrith going back to back? Oh, that's a good question. I think there's pressure on Penrith because people expect them to win. You know, they're yep. by far the best team this year. Um, they, they probably deserve to win. So there's that pressure on them. But there's also pressure on Parramatta because, you know, without getting caught up in the whole window, premiership window, we'll, I don't know if we'll ever get an opportunity like this. You know, the playing group is getting split up a bit next year. We're losing yeah. Murata, Papa Lee, Reed, Oregon Capusi, Ray Stone. So, like, these are really good players that we're losing. Um, and we'll get back there eventually, but it probably won't be soon. Um, so there's that pressure that we need to do it while we have those players. But then there's also, mate, our run in, and I said at the start of the finals, I said, whoever loses this Penrith Parra game could potentially win the comp because you lose that game and you go up, you play either Melbourne or Canberra, which for us at Parramatta wasn't too big a deal. Yep. And we got through that one pretty easily. Then you play either Cronulla or Cowboys, who I think about both had great years, but maybe they're a bit overachieved. Like neither of them were you know, heavy premiership threats in terms of like a Penrith or a Roosters or a Melbourne, those heavyweights. Yep. You kind of got a you know a bit of a light run into the grand final and grand final day anything can happen and we've we've beat Penrith twice this year so we've kind of have a bit of belief there and uh, I don't know if when Parramatta will get a chance as good as this so I think in that in that regard there is a bit of pressure there as well. Well, it's like um you know they've beaten them twice in the regular season I think the year before as well they beat them twice in the regular season. This I think they're right. Yeah, I think they're one of the only teams to have like they had a winning record against them. Um, yeah, but. It's almost like you're right, like, you know, that loss, that they'll probably learn more from that than, than anyone and go into it, obviously, different this year, different in the grand final. But, yeah, I, th- I think uh, there's almost equal amount of pressure, you know, in going back-to-back, everyone expects you to win to, you know, there's yeah. all the, the that's all the um, media will be talking about this week in regards to power is, you know, 36 years, the two lost, you know, um, grand finals, things like that. Um, but just real quickly, back onto the 2009, i just got to ask a question because I know as a fan... I go Parra were robbed in that 2009 against the cheating Melbourne Storm. You as a player, you might want to say because you're in the media and that's fine, but you have a player, like you just forget about it, it's gone, you don't talk about it, or is there still like anger about that? Mate, there, no, it was the zero anger. Um, to be honest, probably the, the first time we've ever come up in a conversation I've ever had was only a couple of days ago. And I was yeah, really? Crazy. We're just chatting and, and he talks about like, because you kind of reflect on what could have been that yeah. year. 
Um, but I've got no resentment towards the Storm. Mate. They they still have to turn up. They still have to play a good game of football. Yeah. Uh, and you know, they credit to them. They won the game. Uh, and I use the analogy, mate. Paramount achieved the salary cap. We won a wooden spoon. So at least they did it well. <laughs> Just didn't do it as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, mate. Honestly, even if they gave it to us, it wouldn't have been the same. Like you. Yeah. No. Reason- I think that that, that argument sort of deadened. But like I don't agree with any anyone yeah. that says that. But um, yeah. still, still feel like yeah. You know, I, I know as a as a fan, I feel robbed of that those years. You know, it, you know, we we you look at the record books and there's no premiership team that year and. I just want to know from a from a player that played yeah. in that. Mate, thing, what, what it, to be honest, if you ask me, I, I, I say like I know the record books don't say Melbourne, but I say Melbourne won it. Like, yeah, I, yeah. In my mind, I still think 2009 premiers was Melbourne, and you can't take that out of, from away from them either. They, yep. they've got the memories of the of the Mad Mondays and the celebrations, and mate, that's that's why you do it for it. The record book is is more that's of a technicality and a political position, but the reality is everyone knows they won it. Yeah, hundred percent. I was there. I watched them win. So, you know. Yeah, um, but. Anyway, um, mate, listen, we go, let's get on to this year. This forward pack for Para, I've got to, got to touch on them. Um, Paulo, um, RCG up front. You've got Papali and Lane, like you spoke about, having massive years in, in sort of career best form, as well as Madison and, and uh, the guys off the bench. Is this one of the best forward packs you've ever seen from Para? It is, mate. I think um, I like the balance of it as well, the the way they complement each other. Like Junior and Regan, mate, they're... They're two of the best forwards and the pops in the game, but they're so different the way they play. Like, you know, Junior's um, you know, a lot more dynamic. He's got some footwork, some really silky skills. Um, and he's got that, that you know, that different body shape to Regan. He's a bit taller, uh, a workhorse, hard to handle, strong, and just has a huge engine. So they, they both bring like two different things. And the way they complement each other is amazing. Um, and you know, there's there's no secret why Paris plays good on the back of them because when they're on, um, it's so easy for the rest of them. And you know, obviously, you, do, you can look at the back line as well. And Dylan and Mitchell are great players, and they are born into the game on the back of those two players and what they do. I can't remember the last you know bad game they had. Um, you know, you can't pick one in this final series, and even before that, like in the lead up, I I can't remember them having an off game. It's just uh, what they do up front is amazing. Now you talk about their, their front rowers union. Regan's won two tries in a, in a semi final. Like, come on, man. That's, yeah, I know. Not on, is it? He awarded it himself as well. Yeah. Put the whistle maybe on. Maybe that would have got a few more tries. Yeah, maybe. Just yeah. Take, take it off the ref's hands. Yeah. Um, but also, uh, we spoke about Brownie. Brownie's uh, back in after mm-hmm. he hasn't been in the side since I think round 17 this year. He comes back in off the bench. Um, Mate, bring some great, great hustle and great, uh, you know, muscle off the bench. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense, mate. Like, you look at the the one area of, like, if I look at Penrith and Parramatta and you go fullbacks, Edwards, uh, sorry, yeah, Dylan Edwards, Gutherson, very similar. Wingers, similar. Center, similar. Halves are very similar. Forward pack, similar. So it's a very even lineup. You look at the starting 13. And then when you looked at the bench, I just felt Penrith had the advantage. Um, on the bench, yeah, you know, they've got Lena who's been in great form, Scott Sorens, and like these, you know, really hardened players, and Upi Corrissi are coming on. Uh, I thought that's probably one area that Parramatta wasn't as strong, but then you had Nathan Brown there, and all of a sudden it just changes the, the makeup of that bench. And what Lena does for Penrith, I think Brownie can do the same thing in terms of adding some go forward and a bit of grunt and some you know, aggression. So all of a sudden now we're looking at it, you know, Madison and Scott Sorensen, you know, Madison's. A state of origin player, a premiership winner, 
Um, so also now Parramatta's bench looks great. So I, can, I I look at both lineups. I think they're so evenly matched. Even the style of players, like you know, our their halves remind me of our like like the halves remind me of each other. Um, so it's going to be a really interesting game. No, it's going to be a cracker. Um, not just one Eels team though on Grand Final day. Now there's two weeks ago you had the the, the women's team did win a game. Now they're into a Grand Final. It's uh, going to be very very special to have two para teams on Grand Final day. Mate, if they if they both win, um, shut, shut down. Shut down. About some looking around Parramatta outside now. Shut down the streets of Parramatta because it's going to be mayhem. Um, you know, we lost in two thousand and nine, and the streets were packed with people like yeah. celebrating. And I'm like we, we didn't, we lost. Um, so if we can win this and get both with the girls home as well, um, I can only imagine what this place is going to be like. But yeah, the girls. I, I know everyone jokes around that they only won one game and ended up in a in a grand final to make the finals, but yeah, they it's a short comp. Um, they almost robbed against Newcastle last time. Yeah, there was yep. a try there that could have gone either way. Um, so you know they they weren't terrible this year, and they've beaten now Broncos and Roosters who are the two heavyweights. Um, so they've earned their spot in the grand final. I think, oh, hundred percent. Uh, yeah. Sorry, I, I didn't. I didn't mean to sound like I was saying that either. Like uh, it was just funny how like they they hadn't won a game. They were they were down the bottom, and then they you know two two wins later, and they're in a grand final. It's great. I think it's great to see, and and people. I do say that it is a short comp, like you said. You only play five games, and we can't just go out and get, you know, make it twelve teams and and have a finals comp like like the one we have with the men's. It's got to you've got to start small and, and build it up. And I think what we've done in the um, NRL women's competition has been brilliant in keeping it small. We've expanded, you know, um, after a couple of years, we're going to expand again next year and then the year after. I think they're doing it well, and we're going to see such a great comp. And that game on uh, got the cleaners coming through, mate. Yeah. <laughs> that uh, the game, both games are Sunday. It's going to be massive. But you're right. If uh, if both teams win, shut down Parramatta because it'll be it'll be a crazy time. Yeah, mate. Um, where do uh, where do the uh, Eels win the match? Oh, man, I think it's going to be through the front rows. Like that. if those boys play their best game again, yeah, you know, that really nullifies Parramatta's ball pack. And if you can do that, it gives Dylan and Mitchell the opportunity to. Like those, Dylan and Mitchell will win the game for us, yep. but it's got to come off the back of those that forward pack, you know, providing an opportunity. Um, the, as good as Penrith's defense is, at the end of the day, if you're getting fast play the balls in the trial and like we did against the Cowboys, yeah, Regan walked over the trial line because of the back of those quick plays. Yep. Um, so if you can get your forwards providing opportunities like that for your halves and for you, like, you know, you, you give them the opportunity to score the points because it's so hard to defend when you're on the back foot and there's a fast play the ball. Um, so I, I think the forwards, they, they've got to go toe-to-toe with the, the, with the Penrith pack. I think we can go toe-to-toe with the Penrith pack. I'm really confident that um, we have the ability to, to match it and if not, even be better than them. Our style of play really frustrates Penrith. I think Penrith, Penrith let's, I'm going to I'll be clear, Penrith are the best team in the comp. So yeah. for those that think I'm being I'm very biased, I am very biased because I love Parramatta, but you know, Penrith are the best team in the comp. Um, and why they're so good is one of the biggest things is their, their, their line speed and the way that they attack the game. Um, and, you know, I look at, you know, Parramatta, the way you stop them from being out of line speed is our offloads. And that's why they've always struggled with us because they put so much energy into their speed of their line. And then once Parramatta come up with an offload, all of a sudden their line has to reset, rejig, go back. Um, and all of a sudden they look a bit disjointed in, in defence compared to when they're usually just swallowing up teams. Um, so Parramatta have got to make sure, I know it's a big occasion, but they've got to not put the ball under their arm. They've got to actually keep playing the kind of footy they got into the grand final. Yeah. Mate, give us a quick uh, uh, score prediction. Clive Churchill medal winner. 
All right. Uh, 16 12 to the Eels. So be a tight one. Tight one. Uh, Low scoring. Yeah, 16 12. I like, I think I was going to go Mitch, but maybe um, Sean Lane for the Clive. Yep. Big Laney. Laney for the, for the Clive. Yep. Good choices. Right. Just some real quick um, fan questions to fire off um, to, to finish, finish off. So um, short answers. Hardest player you played against? Uh, Tom Lolo. Yeah, yep. Hard to tackle. Yeah. yeah, well, it's either you're a big guy and you run straight, or you're a yep. small guy and you got full work. This guy had both of it, so you couldn't. It just it wasn't fair. Yeah. Uh, hardest player you played? Um, sorry, best player you played with? Yeah, I think it's Hainsey, Jared. Yep. That yep. 2009 run. Yep. But yeah, yeah, he's, he's could do some freakish things. Biggest pest you played with? That Takarangi. <laughs> Easy, he, easy. he might have got in the comments. He might have got in the comments, actually. Um, I think I, I, and keep in mind, I, mean, I played with I played with like 120, 130 players, and there's a lot of pests in there. Yep. And he I don't have to think twice. Taggers is my, my number one very quickly. Um, best sledger. Normie, Corey Norman. Yeah, mate. Yeah, Finchy was good as well, but Normie just mate. Normie will come up with gold, and yep. um, you'd never be able to beat him in a sledge match. Like he, he just had, he was just so quick. Not as quick as the roasty boys after a game, but he was, he was quick. <laughs> uh, best and worst roomie? Um, okay, best roomie. I was lucky towards the back end of my career. I spent like the last six, seven years as captain, so I got my own room a fair bit. Yep. Um, I used to room before that with Fui all the time, so Fui Fui Moi and he'd probably be the best and the worst roomie for me. Like, Yeah, right. Uh, so he's the best because he's always a laugh and good fun and I love, I love him. It was also the worst though, because everything would go missing. You'd lose your hoodies, your thongs, your shirt, your, everything. Everything is ours. There's nothing that's mine. Everything. He'd pack a backpack, I'd pack an overnight bag, and for some reason, he'd always have enough clothes. <laughs> um, I still remember uh, Shane Shackleton doing his uh, Philly. Do you play with Shane? Yeah, you, would, yeah. you would play with Shane, yeah. Yeah, I play with Shane, yeah. And um, his uh, Philly, Philly, Moi Moi impression was at the, uh, the Parramatta Seals. The Parramatta Seals. Yeah, 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 man. He was a... Uh, Mate, oh, that uh, would too. Did you uh did you have a nickname? I couldn't find one. Yeah, Georgie. 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 I got that very early in my career. So when I first started training in the first grade team, um, yeah, they didn't really know who I was. And and Heidi's always calling me the big Greek. Yep. Oh, big Greek, come out. I'm like, and eventually after being shy for the first two, three weeks, go, go, mate, I'm not Greek. I'm, I'm not. <laughs> and then he go, then he just started calling me Georgie. And my, my guess is because it's probably the the the, the name you could think of. And, <laughs> Georgie, yeah. and it kind of stuck, and to this day, I still call it Georgie. So. Yeah, right. Okay, uh, like it, Georgie. Yeah. Uh, any any superstitions? Um, I used to wear like, the same budgie smugglers throughout the whole season. That's probably the most superstitions I got. Yep. Um, yeah, no, nah, nothing, nothing crazy, nothing to report on about. Any uh, any favorite design in the uh, budgies? Oh, they made a Pramit Eels one, which I liked, so yep. I just kind of stick with that. Um, I've got a good little collection now. I don't know how I ended up with a Fiji one. I like my Fiji one. Um, left over from somewhere. Have you guys got one? The, the roast? No, no. I um I do I do some stuff actually with uh, Budgie, but um I might have to eat them up. I might get some roast. That'd be a great collab, dog. And yeah, you on a, on a poster with your roast sauce. Mate, I should have ended their uh, ordinary rig competition. I'd probably win that hands down. So. <laughs> well, mate, the way I'm going at the moment, I'll win that as well. <laughs> we'll do a tag team, mate. Um. I want to thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Um, 
I hope uh, hope the Eels get up for you on on Sunday. I'll, I'll be cheering them home. I I think it's going to be a cracking game. But um, mate, yeah, thanks so much for taking time out, and um, best of luck with uh, with everything in the future. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate it, mate. Thank All you. right, mate. Talk soon.